This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, 2 o'clock on the dot. Unnecessary roughness in your ear hole. Devon Cotton, your boy Q, going to navigate through the waters for the next couple hours. Going to hear from you. Going to hear from our incredible guests that we have lined up for the show as well today. And then coming up after the show, we'll have Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. But he's only going to go one hour long, one hour strong. He's going to go 4 to 5 p.m. And then at 5 o'clock, you're going to hear a lot of the Madden tribute that took place at the Oakland Coliseum on Monday evening. You're going to hear that starting at 5 o'clock. So about 5 to 6 o'clock, you'll hear the Madden uh, tribute. And again, it's not going to be the whole thing because the whole thing went almost two hours long. But And it was fantastic. I'm sure you watched it. Uh, I actually saw Just Win Wendy. I was watching it on TV on NFL Network, and I saw Just Win Wendy in the background. I go, hey, there go Just Win Wendy. <laughs> and the wife said, She's everywhere. <laughs> you think you're everywhere. Just when Wendy is everywhere. She's at the game. She's at the Rockstar. She's at the Coliseum. She's in the Bay. I mean, she's all over the spot. But it was so funny to look up and see Just Win Wendy. And I said, oh, there you go. That's the homegirl. No, I bet you shouted it at the TV the same way you did the first time. Oh, yeah. Like Hell she yeah. could hear you maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as soon as I said it, Wendy was going to be like, hey, what's up, Q? She was going to say it, you know, even right though through the TV. Yeah, exactly. Through the TV, she's like, I know Q's watching. No doubt about it. But yeah, so shout out to Just Win Wendy. So you'll hear a lot of that tribute again at uh, 5 o'clock this evening following a one-hour edition of In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. But we got a lot to get to uh, in the next couple hours here on the show. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, he's going to join us at 2.30. He joins us throughout the – well, he did join us throughout the course of the season. And he joins us probably, what, DeMond, like once every maybe two weeks or once so? Once every two weeks get a fresh take on like the Raiders how they've been playing right exactly and he breaks down film and he does it really well and the latest piece that he put out on the athletic that really caught my attention why I wanted to to have him on the show he put it out on uh, I believe on Valentine's Day on Monday and it was basically talking about the genius of Josh McDaniels as far as a play caller goes and how the offense is really suited and, and the players that are on the offense right now currently on the offense the, the guys that we know are going to be there the guys that we believe are going to be there the big time players how they're suited to fit this Josh McDaniels offense and how you might really see an uptick in the Raiders offense because of the play calling, the aggressive play calling, the style of play calling that you'll see from Josh McDaniels. And that's exciting. That's exciting to me when I read that because what have we heard over the last four seasons with John Gruden as the head coach and then even when he wasn't and Bisaccia was the head coach and, Rich, and Greg Olson was calling the plays? Oh, it's too predictable. It's too conservative. It's too old school. It's not innovative. It's not creative. Where's the creative play calling? Well, I was reading this piece that, that Ted put out on the, on the Athletic, and it sounds like they can get very creative and still use a lot of the personnel that they still have. And look, the packages that the Raiders were running are similar packages to what Josh McDaniels was running in New England. He just was doing it in a more creative way. So I think that that's an exciting thing to talk about, and all we could do is anticipate at this point. Yeah, it'd be pretty so, boring we if we didn't. I mean, that's all we could do, is, is right? That's all we could do, though, is anticipate. We can't. We can't say, oh, I know for a fact that this is going to happen. You know, I, I had someone respond to my podcast that I did this morning about, you know, I was talking about the Derek Carr contract extension and should it be a short term and should it, or should it be a long term? And personally, I'm in the camp where it should be a short term, but that's just me. 
You know, I see both sides of the fence. And I said one of the arguments for Derek Carr not wanting to sign a long-term contract is he might not like the system that he's in. And they might say, yeah, we don't really like the way that, you know, you're performing this system or maybe it's not suited for him the way that they want him to run it. You know, so it's really a feeling out process. And someone responded and said, oh, you, you already know what Derek Carr is going to look like in this in the offense because he, he ran it under, you know, Bill Musgrave when he was the offensive coordinator. And I said, but that was Bill Musgrave, not Josh McDaniels. You know what I mean? Like those are two different cats. You can't just say that because they have similar styles that it's going to be the exact same. You just can't do that. That'd be like saying, hey, Derek Carr, he's going to perform just like Tom Brady. Right. Same system. Just look at some of Brady's numbers when he performed under McDaniels. And let's just say Derek Carr is going to do the same thing. Right, exactly. I mean, look, you could. it's like you doing the show by yourself and saying, well, DeMond does the show every day with Q, so it's going to be the exact same. No, you're going to, you're going to put your own twist to it. I mean, that's just natural, right? We all do. If I did JT show, it wouldn't be JT show. It would be, you know, JT show with my twist to it. It's just, I mean, it's just what it is. You have to wait and see exactly how it shakes out. But given what Ted was able to do breaking down film, he could tell us, give us a good idea of what it's supposed to look like, what it, what it's anticipated to look like. And, and that, I think, is, is a good thing. So we'll talk to Ted coming up at 2.30. At 3.15, Kalani Brown. Newest member of the Las Vegas Aces. She's going to join the show. Uh, very excited to talk to her. I covered her when she was at Baylor. Uh, she led the Baylor Lady Bears to a national championship. She's been playing out here uh, in Vegas in a, in a little uh, league that they have going on, Athletes Unlimited, a really good showcase for women's basketball. Uh, just signed a contract with the LV Aces. Of course, she'll be playing with Becky Hammond, uh, under Becky Hammond. And, of course, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, uh, also the owner of the LV Aces. So Kalani Brown, will, she'll join the show at 3.15. And then at 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, uh, host of the Reb Zone, will, will uh, join the show to talk all things running Rebels football or basketball. The Rebel football schedule is out as well. So I'll ask her what her thoughts are on that. I didn't know they were playing Notre Dame in 2022. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't, but Notre Dame better be scared. <laughs> Notre Dame ain't scared. And Notre Dame ain't scared. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Notre Dame ain't scared. Did you know that they were scheduled in 2022 to play Notre Dame? I didn't, but I'm confident now. Good. Yo, this is so this is where the big boys play, huh? Yeah, you ain't lying. Hey man, you play wanna... like a champion? You better touch that sign before you go out onto the field to play UNLV. Hey man, I'll tell you right now, you want to be a champion, you want to play with the big boys? I mean, you, you know, you want to be considered a big boy? You go out there and play with the big boys in Notre Dame. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. So uh, they got them on the schedule. But the Running Rebels, they're in Fresno. They're in the 5-5-9 tonight. Take on Fresno State. They lost to them in a close game earlier this season here in Las Vegas. So we'll get Paloma's thoughts on uh, on what they'll do tonight. And uh, also, she has a really good piece out on one of the basketball players uh, from, from UNLV and uh, his mother. His mother was dealing with uh, with some can- with cancer. And uh, so she put out a really good piece on that. So we'll ask her about that little human interest story. So uh, that's the guest that we have lined up for the show today. Ted Nguyen, Kalani Brown, and Paloma Villacana. We are supposed to have Zachariah Branch, but he, uh, he couldn't join the show today. So we're anticipating getting him tomorrow. Uh, he had a little bit of practice. You might have heard of him, you know, a little practice. He's kind of a big deal when it comes to football. So he's got practice going on. So he's not able to join the show but we should have him tomorrow to talk about cliff branch to talk about what it means to the family the branch family to have cliff going into the hall of fame so uh anticipate him coming up on tomorrow's show but ted to kalani brown paloma villicana those are the three guests we'll have coming up on the show plus at three o'clock we'll also have cover three nfl news and notes of the day and there's a lot of news and notes going on around the nfl and even in college football how about this that should shock nobody jim harbaugh and the university of michigan have agreed to a contract extension what does John McClain always say? It's always about the money. 
And remember when all the rumors started weeks ago when the Raiders were still playing? Jim Harbaugh would leave Michigan to go to the Raiders, and I said, Jim Harbaugh is trying to get that money that he lost last season. Jim Harbaugh wants to get that money back. I said that weeks ago, and now here we are after he went and flirted with the Vikings, didn't get the job that he thought he was going to get or get the contract offer he was going to get. Now he's happy staying there in, in Michigan with that contract extension. Oh, no, I got to get something off my chest because I had a guy, I think it was stacking over coming at me on Twitter. Oh, no. You think he's a bad guy? People co-signing it. Yeah, he's not that bad of a guy. You think he's a bad coach because he didn't like Kaepernick and then he's doing this and that and the other? Oh, because he gave up some of his salary? Now, what happened? He wants some of that money back now. Of course he wants he's that money back. He's not so, oh, he's, a, he's the patron saint. No. Nah, he, you do a good deed. That don't mean that you don't want to make more money. No. And he, he wanted to make some more money. He took that He took that pay cut last season because he pretty much had to. If he didn't take that pay cut last season, he probably was going to get fired because he couldn't beat Ohio State. Then he goes out there and proves that he could beat Ohio State one time. Not consistently. Like that's that's one thing. One of my old bosses, one of my old program directors. I uh, I had really done really really well at Q ninety seven in Fresno, and the ratings that came out, and I was like number one in the market, and so I started immediately looking for another job. Right? I was like I was like, well, I made it. Right? I made it. So I remember I reached out to uh, KSFM in Sacramento, and I was trying to get a job there, and I knew a guy there, Tony Takate. So I knew him, and I reached out to him. And was like, hey man, uh, I know you got a nice opening. I just got a. I just came in first here in Fresno. You know, I was still a new dude, man. I was still a young cat. You know still a new booty and uh he said oh yeah send me your stuff so i sent him a package well on radio i learned that radio is a very small business and everybody knows everybody so when i sent that package to him he reached out to my boss and was like why does q want to leave and he said q don't want to leave he said well he just sent me my package he just sent a package he said he wants to come to sacramento so my boss brought me into the office and said why do you want to leave and i said i, I just want to get more money i want to make more money i just want to you know be in a bigger market i've already been number one here now you know why not why not go do something you know why not be number one somewhere else and he said how, how much how consistently have you done it i said well i did it the last three months he said well do it again i said okay then what he said do it again do it again you're only as good as your last rating period i was like oh okay all right it was a learning experience it was my first time being full-time so i was like okay and I learned, and I think I stayed there for about seven years and then, you know, bounced. But still, point is, Jim Harbaugh beat Ohio State once. Go do it again. Show me. I don't think his story's going to end like yours. <laughs> he <laughs> is definitely it. not making the playoffs again. We're not. We're definitely not playing in the same kind of conversation. No, I mean, no, I, mean I don't think that he's going to be able to compete right. like, you did it again. Right. And you did it again. Right. Nope. I think, I think it's going to be one and done. Right. Maybe he can beat Ohio State next year. But they definitely not going back well, to the Shelby. playoff game. Shelby, act like I'm from the Shelby State. No, you know? his Shelby. bread's buttered. He's going to be like, I got my extension. Right, I did what I needed to do. It's just lost funny. his offensive coordinator to Miami. Everything's not going so well. Lost there. his DC to his brother. Exactly. You can't be out here playing with people like this. <laughs> I just thought that that was funny, and I knew as soon as his name started popping up that most likely it was going to end in. Him getting a contract extension, getting that money back from the University of Michigan, which is ultimately what he did. So uh, now you know the guest lineup. Now we had to get that off the chest about Jim Harbaugh. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I want to throw out the topic to you, and I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. It's wide open like some old school TV antennas. Again, 69187. you got to use the keyword R&R. As far as people that are currently under the silver and black, players that are currently with the team. That's, that's who I'm thinking of. I'm not thinking about anybody outside the building. 
Because before you can go outside the building and get players, you got to worry about the in-house players. You got to worry about taking care of those guys. And I'm not worried about talking about guys that are under contract that are, you know, looking for extensions. Like Derek Carr has a year. Crosby has a year. Renfro has a year. Trayvon Mullen has a year. Guys like that, they have years under their contract. I'm focusing in on this afternoon, guys with expiring contracts. Who do you make and who should be a priority re-signing for the Raiders before free agency even gets started or at the very beginning of free agency so they make sure that they don't lose them? And I'll give you the names of the guys available with the contracts that are expiring. Alec Ingold, Brandon Parker, Casey Hayward, Darius Phylon, Deshaun Jackson, Gerald McCoy, Jonathan Hankins, Keyshawn Nixon, KJ Wright, Marcus Mariota, Markel Lee, Nicholas Morrow, Quentin Jefferson, Richie Incognito, Solomon Thomas, and Zay Jones. I don't know about you, but that's a laundry list. That is one that you, you know, that is a laundry list of names right there. Some that you look at, you say, oh, that's a no-brainer. Out of there. Or there's a couple on there that you might look at and say, oh, no-brainer. You bring that guy back. So out of those guys, Raider Nation, I look at one Two, three. Out of that laundry list of names, I see three that I really think the Raiders need to re-sign. And remember, they still have to go through and say, okay, who's going to fit with what we do? Remember, we're, we're, not, we're not 100% knowing exactly what they're going to do, who's going to fit, exactly how. We know what position they play, and we know all, all we know is basically what they did last. But out of all those names on there, I see three that I'd want to bring, that I'd really prioritize and bring it back. Alec Ingold, coming off toward ACL. I know Josh McDaniel's offense uses a fullback. He's also the, the captain of the team. You know, <laughs> the dude, dude means a lot to the squad. Alec Ingold is a big deal. I would bring him back. I'd prioritize him. I'd prioritize Darius Phylon. I think he's got a role. I don't know how large the role is, and I'm not saying that the money you got to give him is big, but I would, I would prioritize bringing Darius Phylon back. And my last one, and then I'll let you, and then I'll, I'll pass the list to you and you pick. I'd bring back Solomon Thomas. I think Solomon Thomas uh, plays a role as well. I think, he, again, not a major role, not a huge role, but I think he plays a role. I think he proved one year coming off the torn ACL that he has a, he has a fit on the squad. So that leaves guys like Brandon Parker, Casey Hayward, Deshaun Jackson, Gerald McCoy, Jonathan Hankins. That's one that I thought about. I thought about for a very long time, Jonathan Hankins. Keyshawn Nixon, K.J. Wright, Marcus Mariota, Markel Lee, Nicholas Morrow, Quentin Jefferson, Richie Incognito, and Zay Jones. That kind of leaves them all out there dangling. Not saying none of those guys deserve to come back. I'm just not prioritizing them, if that, if that makes any sense. There's other guys on that list I would bring back. But I'm talking about priority. That's the key word in this whole conversation. Prioritize. You can't prioritize everybody. Everybody ain't a priority. I'm sorry. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound very respectful. But it is what it is. Everyone's not a priority. Everyone's not as valuable as the next. To me, and only me, Alec Ingold, Darius Phylon, and Solomon Thomas are my priorities out of those guys. But I'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, and I'd love to hear from Demond. So I'm gonna pass this list over to you, just so you. Oh no, I pulled up. Uh, you, you already got when, it. Yeah, when Tashawn pulled up when he wrote his article. 
I oh, just he, had that article sitting oh, okay. there. All right, well, then go on and get my list back. Okay. But also, Darius Finland, isn't he coming off an ACL tear? Yeah. Isn't he going to have to, like, rehab and come yeah. back? So, for me, he wouldn't be a priority because Fair. he's got to come back and then he's got to rehab. And Fair. is he going to even be ready to start the season? You know, because even if he is going to be spectacular in half the season, I would rather once I would rather try to get someone. My list. I, hey, but this is contradicting <laughs> list. My yeah, list. I got to pick apart your list a little bit. I know everybody's entitled to your opinion. I'm asking you who you would prioritize. Oh, not, Quinn Jefferson. Not dissect my list. Well, Quinn Jefferson would be a higher priority to me. Okay. Than Darius Fylon. Okay. Fair. Who else you got? That's why I had to do the list. So, well, you have to, so you hadn't had to I'm reach over looking. there. Hey, hey, hey. Well, give me the list then. <laughs> See, right. I've done I this a couple times, brother. I've done this a couple times. I looked over for two seconds. I've done this a couple times. So, but man, um, Nicholas Morrow, I would still like to see him coming back. Okay. It would be a priority just to have as many linebackers because we saw with who was the former guy. He came in, it was a safety, and they cut him even though they gave him the million dollar guarantee. Joseph. Yes, Carl Joseph. I still think that it's, it'd be a priority to bring him back because you still got to see what you have in these line in these linebackers because the linebacking core <laughs> wasn't that great. We got a text on the Salmon Ash text line from Raider Richie in Arizona six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. My namesake, Richie Incognito, is definitely not a priority. That's from Raider Richie. No doubt about it. You, I agree 100%. Uh, I, I, like how, I like how he said that. I like Richie Incognito as far as the, the nastiness he brings to the table, but his availability last year was zero. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, Richie Incognito is hanging that thing up. And Alec Ingo is my last one. Okay. Because like I you said, he's so, important. he's so important to the team. Okay. I like it. So Raider Nation, I ask you again, Alec Ingold, Brandon Parker, Casey Hayward, Darius Phylon, Deshaun Jackson, Gerald McCoy, Jonathan Hankins, Keyshawn Nixon, KJ Wright, Marcus Mariota, Markel Lee, Nicholas Morrow, Quentin Jefferson, Richie Incognito, Solomon Thomas, and Zay Jones. Where are your priority re-signings when it comes to the silver and black? 702-365-9200. Let's light them up. Who we got up first? ABA Ivan Davis. ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um... I would prioritize, I mean, heck, I'd like to keep them all. But, I mean, if I have to choose everything on defense, K.J. Wright and the uh, Solomon Thomas and the other D linemen that you mentioned, okay, because they give the offense a chance to get going. That's what saved us last year was the defense, okay? The defense saved when the offense wouldn't get going. The defense, they got that pressure. Those ends, we got a no good without a push up the middle. Okay. okay, and so that's what I would do, my man. Have a great show. Thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Good stuff right there. So uh, he said KJ Wright. He said basically everyone on defense. So everyone on defense is Casey Hayward, Darius Phylon, Gerald McCoy, Jonathan Hankins, KJ Wright, Markel Lee, Nicholas Morrow, Quentin Jefferson, and Solomon Thomas. Gerald McCoy, I, I the story was good. Um, I was hoping that he was going to be able to get back, but uh, he's been injured multiple times, multiple years in a row now. It just seems like he just can't go. Uh, you know, father time and 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 your body, at some point your body says, it just pushes back and says, can't do it no more. So I don't think he comes back. Casey Hayward, I'm, I'm on the fence with him just because I don't think he's a DB that fits in the scheme that they're going to be running. Uh, I don't think he fits as well. I don't want to say he doesn't fit. I don't think he fits as well. And I think he's going to get a big payday. I really do. I think he has the opportunity to cash in one more time, so he's going to go ahead and do that. I've been saying that for a while. Jonathan Hankins, I feel like that's that's definitely a guy who's resignable. I think he's kind of underrated. Uh, he's not a priority, but I think I think he's a guy that's a little underrated. Keyshawn Nixon, I mean, it is what it is. No disrespect. 
Markel Lee, Nicholas Morrow. Quentin Jefferson, I like that. You picked that. You picked Quentin Jefferson. I like that. That's a good one. And Solly Thomas, I picked him as well. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Let's get Juan in here. Juan, welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, man, I met you and DeMond in the uh, M Resort when the Bengals played the uh, Raiders. I was, with, I was with my girl, the Bronco fan. But anyways, <laughs> I would keep uh, Zay Jones. Okay. Uh, Thomas and Jefferson. The rest of those fools, trash. Get them out of there. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank, thank you for the call. Hey, short and sweet to the point. He said Zay Jones. Who else he say? Solomon Thomas. I don't remember because he's like, <laughs> the way he finished. He just, the yeah. exclamation point. Trash. Get yeah. him out of here. I think he said, yeah, I think he said Zay Jones and Solomon Thomas. I thought there was one more. Damn it. I hate that I, I forgot that, that quick. Sorry about that. He but yeah. Funny. It was funny. That's what got it threw me off, man. The way he said it, <laughs> the trash. Get him out of there. I do appreciate meeting you at the M Resort. We had a hell of a time that day. I'll tell you that, man. We had a fun time uh, with that playoff game, even though the Raiders came up on the wrong end of it. We had a hell of a turnout. Uh, Raider Nation, you got to salute yourself, man. You guys did a hell of a job coming out and representing that day. We had a lot of fun, so definitely appreciate all you guys. Even you, even your girl, the the Bronco fan. That's okay. It's all right. You know, we got to have somebody in the crowd every once in a while that that's a little off brand. You know, you got to have a little off-brand every once in a while. Nothing wrong with that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, Damon? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider. I know he's got something for me. What's on your mind, brother? Man, what's happening, guys? Chilling. Man, I'm, I'm going to keep – I'm keeping Zay Jones for the simple fact that dude worked hard, man. He's earned where he's at right now. He's played he, – he, he stayed available all year long. And he, he, he's a security blanket for D.C. I'm keeping Alex Ingram mm-hmm. for the simple fact also that you can sw- – I think he could be a, 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 a three-back in the system that you see Josh likes to use multiple running backs. He's very good pass catcher. Again, he's very, he's very comfortable with Derek. They're already on the same page, and he's a very smart guy. And I think he could pick this offense up and, and, and be utilized very well. And I'm, coming, I'm keeping Quentin Jefferson on that, on that defensive line if I had those three to take. But my biggest concern, Q, is, you know, I, I, I just hope that um, that decisions are made to where we can get some players built around this team. I know the quarterback's the most number one position that, that has to be taken care of, but we also know it, 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 this team needs more than just a quarterback. And with the way things need to be done, I'm hoping people get paid and everyone gets what they deserve. But at, at the end, it's about winning because everyone's everyone's financially fine over on that side. Let's go get a championship. Let's do whatever it takes to get a championship like the Rams did. Let's make that happen. Two years in Vegas, we have to get it, Q, and decisions are going to be crucial. What happens this year is going to predict if we make it to that date. Good stuff, good stuff. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you. Want to try to squeeze a couple more in real quick before we get to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Uh, we got Fargo Raider. What's up, man? You're on the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. How are you guys doing today? Well, we're blessed. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call, by the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rifle through it since you want to squeeze some people in. I say keep Morrow, Q, Hank, Phylon, and Solly. They were solid on a solid rotation on that, on that line, and I like that. We got to keep the guys fresh, and I think that would help. If we could squeeze all those guys in, that would be great. On the offensive side, 
Carrier is a great blocking tight end. If he could come back healthy, he's great. And because he's a blocking tight end, he also allows us to sneak in passes to him because nobody ever expects him to actually get the ball. As far and uh, Nick Martin is is kind of a guy we might need to keep because we might not have a backup center, and that's a position that you want to have a guy who's solid. And being that Nick Martin's a veteran who's done this before, that would be a huge help. And if we can't upgrade at the guard position, Jermaine Illuminor was doing good. I don't understand why they never played him again, but I did like you know relatively what he was doing when he was in there. Thank you guys for taking my car. You have a good one. All right. You too, my man. I appreciate you. Got some uh, got some good names in there. And I thought that Nick Martin was under contract for a couple of years. No, he only has a one-year deal. Okay. So I guess he's expiring as well. Okay. Cool. Good deal. Uh, yeah, Nick Martin is a good – I think that's a good backup right there. He's a veteran. He knows what he's uh, he knows what he's doing or what he's supposed to be doing. And that offensive line needs as much depth and as much help as possible. So good stuff right there. Thank you, Fargo. Let's get one more call in. Raider X, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, man? You said priorities. So, you know what? I think we need to look at just no one's going to argue against Ingold. Right. I mean, that's, that, that's some glue. And then you got some young bucks there. You know, you got to think uh, Solomon Thomas, he just came back from a huge injury, and that man's only getting better. I think, what's he, what's he 26 years old? Yeah, he's So the youngster. upside is grand for him. Then you got Quentin Jefferson. Other than that, they're all rotation, and everybody want to talk about backups and rotation. Then let's start talking about Gerald McCoy then. I mean, the man's got some, he's got some, you know, thin tread, but that man brought it and he brought, you know, brought a lot of experience. And, you know, we're not, we're not talking about a team that is built or building for the future. We're talking about, let's win it now. Let's go, let's go out Ram style. Let's go break down that wall and let's go win us the title. Let's go Raiders. Nice. I like that. Got fired up there at the end. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff right there. And you're right. There's a lot of rotational pieces right there. There's a lot of uh, depth right there. And that's why I said, you know, just give me your priorities out of that. And, and like I said, all of those guys could come back. They could decide that they want to bring them all back. But they're not going to all happen immediately. You know, they're, again, they're, they're going to be some that they prioritize, and there'll be others that they bring back at a, at a later time. They'll, they'll let them walk, and they'll let them test the, the waters, and they'll probably take a couple of visits, and maybe they'll decide to return to the Raiders. Maybe they won't. Like a Keyshawn Nixon, good player, good player. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll go out there, test the, the waters. I mean, this guy's an undrafted free agent, and he's found a way to stick around the league for a while. So you got to give him a lot of credit. There's teams that need corners all the time. He'll probably test the waters. See if there's anything out there that he likes a little bit better. Maybe the money's a little bit better. And if not, I can see the Raiders bringing him back. You know, rotational piece, a guy that's uh, going to be a special teams player. I mean, there's there's all kind of different roles for these guys. So I'm not just saying get rid of the players like they stink or anything. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying where your priorities would be. 226 is the time. When we come back, we're going to talk to Ted Nguyen. That's our priority. We're going to talk to Ted Nguyen about the Raiders' offense. I know that he has the Musgrave ties, and I get it. I'm, I'm seeing all these texts. I'm getting all these tweets. I get it. But I want to really break it down talking about Josh McDaniels' twist to this. The Raiders have not been in Josh McDaniels offense before with Josh McDaniels. Can we get that through our heads? <laughs> it hasn't happened. Every guy has their own twist that they put on everything. What's Josh McDaniels? We'll find out next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We were talking about priorities, talking about guys that should be priorities re-signing, and got a quick text from David from the 209 that I have to get to real quick. David from the 209 says, Ingold, Phylon, and Jefferson are my priorities. Zay Jones, if I had to pick a fourth. Side note, maybe DeMond could show Kayla some wrestling moves. Wink, wink. Okay, I'll shut up about it. DeMond, the story of you and Kayla will just never go away. And it really should. There's no story. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out more about that after we talk to our next guest, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He joins us right now, has a fantastic piece out. Him and Tashawn Reed have a piece out right now in The Athletic called How the Raiders' Offense Could Look with Josh McDaniels in charge. And, Ted, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And uh, this was a great piece. I love the way that you broke it down, X's and O's. And a lot of people are telling me, oh, I already know what the offense is going to look like because it's going to be similar to what Bill Musgrave ran. But, Ted, we all know everyone has their own twist that they put to two offenses. They put their own style and personality behind it. So what stands out to you the most when you look at a Josh McDaniels-led offense, knowing the personnel that the Raiders have? Yeah, I mean, first um – I don't think that Musgraves and McDaniel's offense look alike because the origins are the Ed Hart Perkins system, but that doesn't mean that the offense is similar. That's just like a way that they organize certain concepts and they name certain concepts, but you know, it doesn't mean that those two systems are going to be alike. Um, so I think with the Josh McDaniel system and the, the Patriot system, um, they have some core concepts that you'll see them run over the years, but it's adapted to the different personnel they have. Um, you know, obviously the, the offense looks, it could look very different from year to year. We've seen it evolve throughout the years based on, um, what kind of players they have. So I, I think that's the exciting part about Josh McDaniels is just his ability to adapt his offense to benefit the strengths of the, the players on his team. You know, last year in New England, the the Patriots, they had Mac Jones. He was a rookie quarterback, and Josh McDaniels was doing some good things with him. How much better do you feel like the Raiders could potentially be with Derek Carr behind the center since he's been uh, in the league for eight-plus years? Yeah, I think um, McDaniels, what he did with Mac Jones last year might be one of his most impressive uh, coaching jobs in his career because he was able to take a rookie and and still get that offense to a a top-ten offense in efficiency. Um, so, and we've seen this multiple times in his career where he's adjusted to different quarterbacks when he didn't have Tom Brady, when Tom Brady was injured, uh, he was able to adapt. But, uh, two areas where I think, uh, Josh McDaniels could really help out the Raiders is in the red zone. The Patriots are, you know, always up there or either in the top 10 or around the top 10 in red zone efficiency. And that's where the Raiders really struggled in the John Gruden era. And I think, you know, part of that is they have a very strong offensive line. They can run the ball well, and the Raiders will need to um, make some improvements in that area. But um, there's also some really clever play designs and and tricky things they do um, in the red zone that helps them out, too. So, um, you know, I I think that's one area that he'll really put emphasis on and really help improve. And another area is a screen game. The Raiders have been really bad at throwing screens, and they rarely do it. Uh, Derek Carr was, I believe, 26 or, or somewhere around that range. Only 5% of his passing yards came from screens, whereas Mac Jones was, uh, near the top 10 when he, he had 10% of his, um, his, his percentage of his passing yards come from screens. So, um, you know, I think obviously screens aren't a huge part of an offense, mm-hmm. but it does give you an opportunity for easy, easy yards and help slow down a pass rush. And um, I think he's one of the best screen designers in the, in the league. So 
those are two areas where I can see him making an instant impact. Well, I'll tell you right now, that'll play right into the hands of a Josh Jacobs or a Jalen Richard. Those guys, they can execute a screen really well, and I think that all the Raider Nation would like to see more screens uh, involved into the offense with the Raiders. Again, we're talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, talking all things Raiders offense. My man DeMond's got a question for you. Yeah, you mentioned how the Raiders were 19th in play action last season. So was that a combination of them not being able to run play action because the run game wasn't as effective or just not having the proper plays to run play action? Well, I think it's a couple things. I think in the beginning of the year, uh, when John Gruden was calling plays, he just did not call a ton of play action. And part of that was he believed that uh, play action doesn't work well against man coverage. And I think, you know, you could have some debate about that, but I mean, just looking at the numbers and looking at what Kyle Shanahan and those guys do against man coverage with play action, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. And after John Gruden, they run a little bit more play action, but just not as much as you would hope to see, especially when you see how effective uh, their car is at play action. Um, so I think part of that is the offensive line. They, they might not feel like the offensive line could hold up in mm-hmm. pass protection when you're asking them for a block for longer. But there's some evidence that suggests that uh, the defensive line slows down when you run play action. So, you know, you might be able to help out the offensive line in certain areas uh, when you're running play action. Uh, but um, I think uh, looking back at the numbers, Tom Brady was usually hovering around the top 10 in play action usage with Josh McDaniels. So I think that number is going to go up. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be really great. Uh, again, we're talking with Ted Nguyen right now. His piece that he has out on The Athletic with Deshaun Reed is how the Raiders' offense could look with Josh McDaniels in charge. And so that's what we're talking about right now. And the wide receivers, I like the piece uh, in, in the article about the wide receivers and the fact that uh, they're running combination routes. They're, they're making more choice routes instead of uh, specific plays that have to be ran a certain way, a certain route. You know, So kind of break that down for us a little bit. And who do you think out of the Raider wide receivers right now, who do you think that, that will benefit the most? Yeah, so as a part of uh, what McDaniels does, he, he teaches concepts and combinations. And instead of just having a, a, a set playbook full of plays with uh, these routes built in, he'll teach concepts to receivers so that way they can mix and match and they can kind of adapt the playbook when, when necessary. Um, but and there's a ton of route conversions, a ton of option routes. You hear that all the time when you talk about the New England offense. But when you actually take a look at what they do, it's pretty – uh, they ask a lot of their wide receivers, uh, especially the slot guys and tight ends, uh, which is why I think when you look at the New England Patriots throughout the years, when they find a good tight end and a good slot receiver, they stick around for a long time because, you know, once you learn that offense and they trust that you can run these routes, then you, they, they were going to want to keep you around. So I think Darren Waller, um, he has some experience running choice routes with Gruden. Uh, obviously, Hunter Renfro has, but it's going to go up a, a, a whole new level. Mm. Um, so Renfro is a guy that needs extension soon too, and you know you got to imagine that uh, McDaniel's would love having a guy like him around for a long time. Uh, so you know the outside receivers they don't run as many option routes, and I think uh, if there's going to be some new guys in that area, they're not going to be asked as you know to do as much as those inside guys. But I think just based on uh, what we see from McDaniels, Renfro and Waller are going to be uh, staple guys in, in this offense. You know, one of the things I've been talking about a lot, Ted, is that I feel like the Raiders need a number one target, a number one wide receiver. I know Waller is that guy, but a real deal number one dude. In this concept, in these offenses that McDaniels is going to try to run, his plays that he's going to try to run, how much is that really a, a priority, if, if at all? 
Well, you know, when you when you look at the Patriots, they they've had success without number one guys. Obviously, when they had number one guys, they really took off and had you know those type of record breaking offensive years. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily think you need a, a true number one X in this tight end. I mean, in this uh, offense, you could have Darren Waller, you know, be that tight end and and build that Gronk role. I'm not I'm not comparing them to Gronk, but I'm saying right, right. you know he can be that number one guy where you run an entire offense through him. Uh, so I, I don't think you necessarily need a star receiver on outside. Obviously, that would be nice. Um, but if you you know, I think they need to get a guy with some speed on the outside that they could. Um, throw to as a complimentary receiver, uh, but I wouldn't say a, a true star X is uh, is um, necessarily um, super high on the priority list for the, for McDaniel's. Yeah, Ted. In the article, you mentioned how the Patriots used eleven personnel and twelve personnel, twenty one personnel. What is the what is the Raiders with the weapons that they have constructed right now? What is their best personnel grouping? Mm, you know, I, I think. Um, Probably they're 21 personnel. I think Alec Ingold is one of the best fullbacks in the league. And, you know, we've, we've seen him uh, perform when they wanted to throw the ball to him, too. So I'm not saying, like, he could be like Kyle Juszczyk and catch a ton of passes like that, but he is a very uh, useful wide receiver along with being just a, a monster at, at lead blocking. Uh, so, yeah, when you have 21 personnel out there and you have Josh Jacobs, you have Alec Ingold, um, Darren Waller, um, and Hunter Renfro, they're pretty hard to stop, and this wide receiver court isn't very deep just yet. So it's hard for me to say like eleven personnel would be their best, um, pers- their best grouping until they find some more receivers to fill out that um, that wide receiver group. Talking right now with Ted Nguyen from the Athletic, talking here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Just got a couple more questions for you. We started talking about the running backs: Josh Jacobs, Alec Ingold. Uh, you got uh, Jalen Richard, uh, Kevin Kenyon Drake. I'm assuming he's going to come back healthy. Uh, how, how do you think that they kind of get? Do, are they used in a in a like a complementary role? You know, running back by committee role, or, or do you think there's a, a a main workhorse? Well, I think Jacobs will be the workhorse, but I think um, the page or what McDaniel's did in New England was he did a good job of really um, finding backs what the running backs were good at in specific roles and using a bunch of running backs. That's why you know when you when you look at the Patriots and if you play fantasy, you know it was kind of like a uh, it was a thing for a while where you don't ever draft New England running backs too high because you never know who's going to step in and have a big game because. You know, they go with a hot hand. And I think, obviously, Josh Jacobs will have a leading role, but there's going to be a lot of rotation just based on uh, certain situations as well. All right, Ted, before I let you go, i, I got to ask you a draft question. I've been pounding the table and saying that if the Raiders, you know, are, are going to uh, keep their pick at number 22, that I think that they should take it and move up. You know, I think they should move up, and, and I think they need to go and try to target Sauce Gardner, the defensive back out of Cincinnati. I know he's going to be a top-10 guy, in my opinion. Uh, but if they were to stick at number 22, I saw you kind of tweeting about this earlier today. Do you think the wide receiver Chris Olave from Ohio State would be available at number 22? Yeah, you know, I think it's a pretty deep receiving core, just like uh, a receiving class, just like the past two years. Um, but you know, I haven't, I haven't really dived into the draft class just yet, just because I was uh, you know, doing Super Bowl coverage. Right. But I, I have looked at these receivers um, you know, a little bit, you know, in the past couple of years. And Alave is one of my favorite guys. Just you know, he has speed, one of the best route runners you, you'll see in a, in a college prospect. Um, so I, I think he, you know he will be available in that mid first round, low first round um, area, but 
the you know the Patriots would like a receiver too, and the Patriots pick number twenty one. <laughs> right. And as we, if they're running the same system, then you know obviously if he's a scheme fit for the Raiders, he'd be a scheme fit for the Patriots. So the Raiders might have to move up a few spots if they uh, are coveting uh, Olavi. There you go. Well, I like him. He's a hell of a player, but like I said, my target, my, my number one would be to move up and go get Sauce Gardner. I think they need a lockdown corner, and I think he's going to be the next one. But uh, there's a lot of time between now and the end of April when the draft actually happens, and we will do a deep dive with you at some point when it comes to the draft. But, Ted, great stuff as always, my man. Uh, that was a, a, a fantastic piece out on The Athletic with you and Tashawn Reed. Uh, do you have anything else coming out anytime soon, either that or, or your YouTube page? Yeah, my, my YouTube page uh, that I've been working on with my girlfriend as a side project. We'll do a um, we'll do a breakdown of Josh McDaniels' offense and talk about some of his plays this week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. There you go. A family that breaks down film together is a family that stays together, man. Good stuff. I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you, Ted. Keep up the great work. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one. All right. See ya. You think you like my funny? I was a good funny at the end, right? You, you said family. He's like, he's just girlfriend. He's well, just, I mean, you know what I mean. You know, hey, man, me and you, we family. You know, we don't go to the same house, but we family. You know what I mean? It's all good. I ain't got to be official like a referee's whistle. I know, too soon. I know. Raider Nation's still a little salty about the whole false whistle thing. I get it. I get it. But still, it ain't got to be official to be family. It's all cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's got the YouTube working on it with his girlfriend. I like that. I yeah, like that. I like that she helps him out with it, too. Hey, man. Because I bet he's a busy guy. I'm sure it's not easy to do all that work that he's doing. I'm going to go home and suggest that to the wife. Man, why don't you go ahead and help me knock one of these podcasts out, man? Go on and do something good for your country. You know what? No, but your podcast. <laughs> and you, you know what's so funny? I'm glad you mentioned the podcast. Because on the intro, which is like the Locked On Network, yeah, yeah. giving you like all the news and notes yeah. in 30 minutes. And, right. and I was like, you... Do not go 30 minutes. No. Always over 30 minutes. Every single time I get a call from David Locke, uh, and and I love David Locke to death, man. That dude, he he found me. I didn't apply for the job for the podcast. He found me and kind of, you know, helped me along and helped me get everything rolling. Uh, but every single time I'm on the phone with him, it doesn't matter what topic we're talking about. All of a sudden at the end of the conversation, I'll be like, yeah, uh, keep that podcast between 22 and 28 minutes, Q. I'm like, yeah, I will. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. But he, he keeps reminding me. He keeps reminding me. I'm getting better. I had like 32 minutes the other day. You did. You did. Even though it was an accident because it got cut off at the end on accident during production. It was messed up. And then the other day I had like 35 minutes. I'm, I'm working on it. I really am in my conscience. I'm trying to get on time. But similar to this job, as you know, it's very hard for me to be on time. I don't know why it's so difficult for us radio guys to be on time. Not to the show, but to go to commercial or just whatever the length of the... I mean... It's funny you say that. Li- I know. Literally, our show is two hours, but if it was up to me, it'd be two hours and 15 minutes. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'd always go overtime. I don't know what the problem is. 2.46 is the time. What did you think, Raider Nation? What do you have to think about what Ted had to say about the Raiders' offense? Plus, I want to know your priorities. How would you prioritize some of the guys that are going to have uh, expiring contracts? Who do you think is a priority to return to the silver and black? Let us know about it. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3 o'clock, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Got a lot of notes to get to. Just had a real good conversation with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic talking about the offense. How to, what to expect from Josh McDaniels' offense as far as the personnel that the Raiders have. Got a text from the 707. Shout out to the 707. I wasn't trying to say McDaniel's offense was going to look exactly like Musgraves. I was saying they're rooted in the same system, which is a good thing because Carr was very successful in Musgraves' version of it. It's no different than saying John Gruden runs the West Coast system. I agree with that 100%. And that's what I was trying to say, too. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I just 
adding to that that everybody who has a, who runs a system they always add their own flavor and their own twist to it so we can't go in and assume that Carr is going to flourish in the system because he flourished under Bill Musgrave because the twist that Josh McDaniels adds to it may not be something great for him I mean, you can see what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. He runs, you know, his version of the West Coast offense with many different concepts involved in it. Everyone has their own twists and turns. That's, that's all I'm saying. I do think that Carr is going to be great for the system. But until we actually see it, we don't know. We, could, we can go back. Even Ted breaking down film could say, you know, he, he, he told us what he believes. But we don't know until we see it. Because, again, everyone has their own style and their own approach. And remember, this is what? Playbook number six for Derek Carr now? That he's going to have to learn? And there's a lot of pre-snap stuff he's going to have to learn? A lot of pre-snap uh, you know, terminology that's going to be different? And everything that I've heard about this, and I'm not claiming to be an expert, but everything I've heard is it's very complex. And I'm not saying that he's a dummy and he's not going to be able to know it. Hey, he but will. they say he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. Right, and he's a guy that's going to go study. I mean, look, if you, if you put in the work, and what does uh, Lester Hayes say? you got to put in the work. You put in the work, you'll be fine. Train your body and train your brain. Exactly. I have no doubt that he'll do that. But until we actually see it happen, we don't know. So that, that's, that's my only point. So I agree with you. Uh, Texture from the 707. I do appreciate the response as well. Uh, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to uh, somewhere where they're very familiar with Josh McDaniels. Let's go out and talk to a New England Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. For sure. Hey, uh, I just want to let you know, man. I mean, I've been listening to you uh, since this football se- uh, since this past football season, and I listened to Locked On. I listened to Raider Nation Radio. I just, I really appreciate all the knowledge that you drop on us. And you know, I'm living here in Massachusetts my whole life. You know, we don't get a lot of news out here. You know, so just <laughs> being able to connect with you guys, I, I, I really appreciate all the hard work that you guys put in every day. Absolutely, we appreciate you. All right, man. Uh, and also, make sure that your locked on is definitely more than 40 minutes, okay? I, I prefer it as long as possible, all right? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your I time. I got you. But, hey, um, so in terms of our defensive line, um, I, or excuse me, in terms of people that I want us to uh, keep, I think the defensive line is important. Uh, Darius Phylon, I agree with Damon. Uh, I do have an asterisk on that. I want to see how he develops uh, during the offseason, uh, but I think that's a must. Uh, Jefferson, I think that's a must. Uh, and then on the offense, I want to see uh, definitely Alec Engle for sure. I think I think he, he needs to say right. Um, I think I think, but I think those three uh, choices. I, I think those would be my three guarantees. I need to see it next year, but of course I'm going to have that asterisk on uh, Phylon. Gotcha. Um, but I do want to leave you with one question. All right, and uh, I'll, I'll let you go on this. Who do you want to? I, I, I disagree with, uh, your, uh, with the boy that you just, uh, with your man that you just had on, uh, Ted. I, I think we do need an outstanding wide out or wide receiver. I, I, I obviously, I'd love to see Devontae Adams, but I mean, I know that might not be a realistic. Who are you thinking for that? And um, I'll let you go there. I just want to say thank you and Raiders. There you go. Strong, strong call from New England right there. I like that. And that's a great question, man. That's a great question to drop the mic to. Uh, who would you like to see as that number one? I'll tell you right now who I wanted to see until he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. I really did want to see Odell Beckham Jr. And that, that might have come back to, to, to bite me, and I might have been a prisoner of the moment. But that's who I was. I was like, damn, if, if the Raiders had that dude – the way that he all of a sudden came into his own. And I think that you were talking about Odell way before he signed with the Rams. I sure was. Yeah. Glad you came over. Glad you hey, saw Hey, man. Hey, Hell, look. Man. I can be wrong sometimes. 
He gonna come back from that ACL injury just like that. I, I sure hope he does, though. I, I, I'll tell you, I'm not gonna lie, man. That's the guy that I was thinking about the whole time. All the time I was on Radio Row, I was like, yeah, I think that'd be a good pickup. And then one thing, no disrespect to Deshaun Jackson, but when people are like, oh, just bring in Deshaun Jackson, he'll be less of a headache. He'll give you the same production. No, he won't. Well, I didn't think he was gonna give you the same production, but I thought he was gonna be a guy that was gonna be co- comfortable with a couple catches a game, and he was just gonna be a deep threat, you know, just a little bit of speed. Uh, and I didn't think that they were going to bring in Odell just because I didn't think he was going to be a good fit in the locker room. But, man, uh, I, I I kind of feel bad for doubting him and, and kind of feel bad for putting a lot of more blame on him. I'm, I'm not going to say that it was 100% on on uh, on Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, but I feel like that Odell got kind of a raw a raw deal. And I, I feel like I was, I was one of the people that gave him a raw deal, too. I have no problem admitting that. Because I feel like with him, people just like, oh, he's got to be the problem. But you, you see that with receivers so much. People don't say that about the quarterback. Oh, he wants to win too much. He's in teammates' faces about wanting to win. Right. Isn't that what you want? That is. That is. That's true. You know what? He's looking around this locker room like, I can help this team win right. if you just put the ball in my hands. And I'm good with that. I'm good, I'm good with that. That's a good call. That was a good call. You, you can put that on your on your chalkboard of, of wins. That's a dub. for That's one. That's a, <laughs> that's a dub. Let's hurry up and go out to the line real quick. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind, Raider Mike? What's up, Chief? How are you, bro? Chilling, man. How you doing? How you doing, doing D? Anyway, um, I to just hook my train to OBJ. He's a headache when he's in a headache situation. Cleveland, the Giants. When he's on a team he wants to play with, which would be the Raiders, because we're loaded now for Bear. I mean, he's that missing piece. Obviously, I want Devontae more. Mm-hmm. So does DC because of that connection to Fresno State. Right. I mean, they killed it back then. Yep. And they will kill it with the Raiders. So I, that's one of the few things I do disagree with Ted with is, no, in this league, you need a number one badass. So if we can't get either of those two, which I think we can, but uh, I'd pull Robinson out of, out of Chi-Town. Um, That'd be a good one, too. Yep. yep. Um, as far as the, the other subject, I mean, you got to go with the glue guys the guys that just hold that locker room together, stick out, and just you just feel their vibe as Raiders. And that's Ingold and Zay Jones. Even though he's probably going to end up being a three, our third receiver, he he don't care. <laughs> I mean, when Ruggs went down, he stepped right in and he stepped right up. So, And then in also this league, and especially in our division, that defensive line needs to do what um, – these, uh, what was Tampa did to the Mahomes. Right, right. Or we can do to Herbert. And if Rodgers goes to Denver, et cetera, we need to keep, we were what, number one in pressures with um, Max and Nindakwe. Uh, so you got to have Q back. You got to have Solomon Thomas back and strike that asterisk. Phylon is young and he's a beast when he's healthy. He'll like he will heal. He'll be fine. So those are the guys I want to keep, and uh, just keep up the good work, you. PSD, you too, too. Uh, keep your work up, man. Love the show. Be good, guys. All right, appreciate you, Raider Mike. Great stuff. Great stuff from uh, New England Raider as well. When we come back, we're going to have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. I know Oklahoma Raider and I know Big Jose are on hold. Hold on, we'll get to you, and then we'll get to cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We're going to go fast and furious in hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.